Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. We're two moms aspiring to create elegant spaces and gracious homes while dealing with real-life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. On today's episode, we take the Home Hour away from home. We're talking about summer vacations with our families. And Graham's sharing some of the world's most unhelpful and possibly inappropriate vacation tips I've honestly ever heard anyone say. Uh, Speak for yourself, Kirsten. I think they're pretty darn fascinating and useful. Well, we'll let our listeners be the judge of that. We're also starting a new series where we're following a real-life mom and listener through a multiple-month home renovation. Welcome home. Hey, Graham. Kirsten, we're going on vacation today. What's up? We're not really going on vacation, but we're talking vacations. We are talking vacations. Today is the home hour away from home. The home hour on the road hits the road. Wheels up, kids. Wheels up. (laughs) Okay, so we are fully in summer here. Your kids are out of school, yes? Oh, my kids are out of school. They've been out for two weeks, and Harrison has come home the other day, and he goes, why are you so cranky? Why are you so nasty? And it's because my in-laws, my sweet in-laws, have been on vacation for the past two weeks. Um, I don't know if they realize this, but they've used all their vacation days in my world. They need to get home ASAP, because I am, like, I'm not a nice woman right now. Everything's haywire. Like, my hair is a disaster. My skin is a disaster. I feel so discombobulated. But on a positive note, how's your summer going? Um, you know, summer is like uh, in Phoenix. It's like watching like a horror movie where you know it's going to get really bad. Like, don't open the door. Don't open the door. And you're just waiting. You're like, <laughs> oh, because that's July. I remember you telling me like everyone needs some sort of emergency evacuation. Like the way we plan for tornadoes is the way Scottsdaleans plan or Arizonians plan for uh, for July. Right. Oh, it's just it's really hard. OK, you know well, coming. so along those lines, let's like go back a few minutes, because I think that I want to talk about just designing my summer. Basically, mid-February, mid-March, I start to get the shakes, um, not from lack of alcohol, but from like, what am I going to do with the next 15 to 16 weeks with my kids? And I think probably a lot of us have this idea of a dream summer. I know a lot of friends who, you know, ask their kids to pick three or four things and they kind of make a summer bucket list. But I'm more talking about what the archetypal vision of summer looks like to you, um, you know, because really summer's largely in our command versus the school year. And I was just kind of curious if you had any kind of visions and what the Dunlap family vacation plan or summer plan looks like. Like, what do you try to squeeze in in your summer? Uh, well, first of all, I mean, I feel like literally it's it's just I feel like I am planning, you know, when you see those like war movies where they've got like the maps of the countries laid out and they've got their guys like that's how I feel with summer. Like I go and I get every magazine and every flyer and I'm downloading calendars and then I, I download a, a, you know, a blank calendar. I've got it color coded. My daughter's in pink. The boys are in blue. A camp that will take all of them is in green. Oh, man. And that should be in like gold double star underlined. <laughs> no, you know, one drop off. Oh, we're going to. Yeah, exactly. Oh, a VBS for $25. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, 
Um, you know, so it's it's like figuring out the different. I'll take four. Well, actually, my I children are so religious because I send them to every VBS in town. I know. I'm like, guys, this week we're Catholic. Go, go, <laughs> everyone, go. Smile. Donation only. Sign. No, just kidding. That is terrible. And we work in a VBS too. Like we do a VBS at our church and we volunteer. And actually, like my kids do not go to um, a religious school; they go to a public school. So it is nice to have those. The summer thing. Oh, is yes. it terrible too that I cannot? Sorry, we're totally segueing here, but that I cannot wait for the BBS CD. I mean, we listen to that more than we listen to like the Hamilton soundtrack. I mean, oh, the B- it's fifty fifty at my house, but oh, I mean, but, we we know every song by heart. Keep going, but yeah, no, but so okay, so yes, we I do live in Phoenix, which is a lovely place to live, and when it's February and we're swimming, um, you know, I can't complain. It's a beautiful place to live, but July. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. And and I feel like so many people here cheat the system by being from California. And they're like, oh, we'll just go home to my parents. And I'm like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. so happy for you that you have a beach house that your parents live at. Um, my parents, we, I grew up here. My husband grew up here. My parents moved to Tucson, which Ooh. is a whopping, like, three degrees cooler than Phoenix. It's like, oh, should I pack up all of my children and travel because it's 115 there instead of 118? Like, no. So I've, I've had to, like, start really realizing, like, we have to travel some in July because it's just too darn hot here. Um, you know, but it's hard. It's really hard to, like... Well, one, my kids are now getting to an age where traveling is getting more fun. It was, you know, it was just really a lot of work when you have little kids. It's just, it's so expensive. It's such a schlep. And like, then you're, you know, taking a nap in a hotel room with your baby. It's just, it's not as much fun. Um, you know, and, and it is, you know, for me, I am such a home person. Like, I love making my house pretty that, you know, I kind of would look at a vacation and say like, oh, like... That's a three-day experience that I could, like, buy this thing for my house that I could enjoy all year round. It is um, funny because I have to say I do know this about you. You are not a great vacationer, and this is where you and I are very different. I could be on vacation, I'd say, like, nine months out of my life. I love travel, always have. I've been traveling with the children since they were, you know, a couple weeks old. So I am really, really, like, I'm the one who will let my roof cave in on me. I won't pay my water bill, but I'm like, heck, yeah, we're going to the water park. Like, we're up, we're moving. It is. It's something you and I have always been different at. But I will say, as my kids are getting older, um, it is, uh, I'm I'm changing. I'm getting more on your your wavelength because you do see them, like, absorbing these experiences and um, having so much fun. But that actually brings me to the other question that that we face when we're, like, planning summer vacations is um, there's, like, two types of vacations. You know, there's the experience like the travel and mm-hmm. then there's like the relaxing and you know what do you want to do do you want to take your kids to Boston and Philadelphia and have this very cultural like American trip or take them to Europe and you know do you know like have some very I don't know and or you know a mission trip even like go to Africa and I don't mm-hmm. know I don't I mean like a more hardcore a really, trip yeah right? or you or like, or like home the, and you're a little bit spent and you're a little bit tired but right. you feel like you've done a good job parenting yeah or like you know even and it made maybe it's not like seeing a place as much as it's like we went camping and we like learned about nature you know we went to the Grand Canyon we did a national park I mean mm-hmm. any any you know a trip that's like a, I, I gave you a cultural experience trip versus like man i just want to like sit on a beach and drink a pina mm-hmm. colada and, like just breathe right. 
Well, and I think those, t- I mean, I think kind of to frame the conversation a little bit, those two types of vacations are very important. And I think that that's probably where a lot of people maybe, I, for example, we're not very good at it. We'll either do kind of a learning vacation or a relaxing vacation, and we're not amazing at incorporating the two. But I do think that it's incredibly important to at least take one day of relaxation. And I think the best example I can do is we we did a little cruise out of the port of Mobile um, not too long ago. And I think everyone who knows me has heard me talk about this a million times because it wasn't fancy. It was super. It was just a carnival cruise out of the port of Mobile. And both of my children, I think their absolute favorite day that we've had as a family was sitting on the beach in Cozumel um, and going to a swim up bar and drinking smoothies. And it's because we are the type, we're always taking a learning, moving vacation. We just don't like to sit still and we don't like to relax. And I think it was the first day that we ever took time to just spend a whole day like playing with the kids and building sandcastles. And they have this wonderful memory of how much fun it was. You know, and just kind of, I know, and they love it. And they keep asking when we can go back to the swim up bar in Cozumel. (laughs) I know kids love swim up bars. I mean, I get it. It's really fun, but no, it's, it's so funny. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I have another one like that. Um, we don't do this often, but like, if you've ever had a chance to like go to a cabin, I'm such a doer. I don't like sitting. I don't like the woods. You don't like, like to be unplugged either. I no, I don't like to be unplugged. I'm not. I'm very. I'm a. I'm a very. Uh, I was born in the right time. But um, you know, there is something to be said about just sitting in a cabin and like playing cards with your kids, like not having the option because I need to like be forced relaxation and be forced quality board game time. Because like normally, I'll pass the board game off to my husband. I'll be like, play this board game with them while I go do the laundry, while I go do the dishes, while I, you know, and to. Like, why can't I do that at home? I don't know, but it's nice to be somewhere where... I think it's just because you you see everything around you. You know, I think even when we do a lot of VRBOs um, as much as we can, and I just think, like, not having a full... I think I even cook better when I'm on vacation. I think not having as many choices, right? Like, when you're sitting down playing a board game with your kids at home... You see everything around you that needs to be done, and there's all the distractions. But when you're on vacation, there's nothing really to do other than just get into the game. You know, it's the same way, like, I'll be cooking dinner, and the only spices that I'll have are the ones that whatever place I'm staying in VRBO has provided for me. You know, so it's like I have salt, pepper, and garlic powder. Quickly, what can I do with that? You know, how can I make something good? And I just think being limited is so helpful in a way. Interesting. So I, I actually want to go back to what you just said, because I have never stayed in a VRBO. Are you kidding me? Oh, man. I mean, I think we should, it should be called VRBG, Vacation Rental by Graham. We do a lot of those. Um, we love them. I don't know. Why don't, why don't you do them? I don't know. I okay, just, what's your, let's get to the root of this. What's your problem with a VRBO? Why do you um, think you wouldn't like it? You have three children. You obviously need the space in a hotel room. Okay, great, great, great point. Because when I go on those websites that are, um, you know, the ones where you just book a web, like Hotels.com or Travelocity or, mm-hmm. you know, Hyatt.com. Yeah, that's my question. What are you doing, Kirsten? Okay, so <laughs> I don't know. Vacations just happen to me. I feel like I do not plan vacations. No, they, you don't. You're they horrible. Just, honestly, they just happen to me. Um, like, people will be like, we're having a wedding. I'm like, okay, I guess that's our vacation. Or my in-laws are really wonderful, and they plan a family trip every year because um, my husband's one of five kids. 
And so we do a big family trip with him or, you know, somebody says, oh, it's your college reunion. And we'll, we say, oh, we'll stay an extra couple of days. And then it just accidentally turns into a vacation. You do. I've never met anyone who falls on vacation like you do. <laughs> do I? I don't even know if it's vacation. It's like stuff you can't get out of. So eventually you attend and it's like you're being forced. I've never seen it's really it's amazing. Your lack of ability to vacation. It's totally true. But you know what? Sometimes really good vacations happen to me. Like I'm going to Chicago in July. You know why? Because I have to drop my kids off at camp. And it's the nearest city. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. Where are you staying in Chicago? Or that's just you and Boots. That's just that's just, that's just my husband. And that's actually really stressing me out. I'm kind of, I haven't booked a hotel yet. He keeps saying, have you booked a hotel? And I'm kind of hoping one just happens to me again. <laughs> it's not that difficult in Chicago. You could make it work. I know. We're going to find one. It's gonna, I feel like I'll get an email saying, like, hotel's half off, and I'll just, it'll happen. Like, You know what oh, I have to say? Travelzoo.com is, they're not sponsoring us or anything along those lines, but that's a great website but for getting hotel But if they want to, we're deals. welcoming them. Yeah, um, of course, of course. But we no, but subscribe yes, but, to Travelzoo, and they have great okay, deals. I've never heard of Travelzoo, but I will look that up. But, yeah, no. But, but but getting back to traveling with kids in hotel rooms, um, it's really hard with this family of five because they keep bumping me up like to, you know, a bigger room. Uh-huh. And right. sometimes sometimes it's a nominal price difference. And it's like, OK, we are a family of five. You know what? It would be nice to have a little suite and shut the door and maybe we'll actually get to like watch a movie when the kids go to bed. Uh-huh. Um, but sometimes it's like two or three times the price and it's like no 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 no. like these aren't five real people these are little kids like my daughter would be happy to sleep on a you know on the floor in a moana sleeping bag that would be like extra fun you know um i don't want to pay for the executive presidential suite for oh and those are always a fortune so i'm not hampton and i was gonna say why don't you start staying at marriott residence inn that's where we stay most of the time with the boys and we love it Resident you know, they have these, yeah, they have these two bedroom suites and you get breakfast every day and internet. And just to be honest, the stage of life that we're in, like we have stayed at too many hotels where Harrison and I will be sitting like in the bathroom. I'll be sitting on the ledge of the bathtub and he'll be sitting on the toilet with the seat down and he'll be, you know, reading a book and I'll be reading my iPad because that's the only space we have to escape. But when you stay at one of those kind of all suite hotels, you can get so much more space and it's just worth it. It's just better these days. You know, it is so funny how kids just change what you value in a hotel. You know, I right? Used to exactly. Like, like, yeah, that's I, all I, I used need. to like really nice hotels, and then we had kids, and we traveled across the country with our little kids. And like one night we stayed at like a Holiday Inn Express, and then the next night we stayed at like a fancy hotel. And I forget why we decided to do that. It was we were I probably it probably just happened, right? right. Like, just like, fell into like, it, like all things. Um, so, uh, so I go and I um. And I, like, the first night, you know, when we're at the um, the Holiday Inn Express, my 20-month-old needed milk for his bottle. You know, I walk up. They say, no problem. They were so kind. And they grabbed, um, you know, milk from, and I'm guessing it's Holiday Express. But it was, you know, it was something that was like a, right. a travel hotel that, you know. Right, a family travel hotel. A family yeah. travel hotel. And um, and we, I asked for milk. And they, you know, went into the kitchen bar and grabbed some milk. And yeah, no problem. So nice. The next night, we're staying at this, like, higher-end hotel. And, you know, again, my 20-month-old needs milk. And they're like, oh, yes, we'll bring you. It was like $15. Oh, I know. In a glass with one of those little covers on it where they cover the milk with saran wrap. And you're thinking for $7.50. No way. No way, Jose. I just want to go back and get myself three cartons of milk and put it in my mini bar. Right. And you're, you're just so frustrated because like as, as an adult, we're like, OK, you know what? Like, this is not when we need milk. But like 20 month olds don't understand that. So 
Well, okay. I have some tips and tricks for you that I wanted to share because I think that you could have a little more fun traveling. I think you have a unique, um, one unique issue, which is that you have two boys and a girl. So for me, just having two boys, I can easily kind of put them in a room together, but things are going to be tricky for you. Uh, I think there's so much enjoyment to be found in traveling with your family. And some of my things that are, that I like to do for the kids are, um, I like to let the, well, I mean, my kids are not beautifully dressed anyway, every day, everyone kind of knows that, but like vacations are the time when you can dress like a crazy person. Um, I'll let the kids pack all their clothes, all the, you know, like not, they don't have Moana t-shirts, but you know, whatever it is they have, they can pack it and they can wear it and we can look goofy all over town. And I think that kind of creates a fun memory. You know, the same way that when I go on vacation, I wear clothes that maybe I wouldn't wear around Birmingham, but I'll pack something a little bit different. So that's kind of a fun trick. And then, so here's one that I actually think is really important is don't go the first night in a hotel or a vacation house or whatever it is. I always feel like you're like, woohoo, I'm on vacation. Let's get this party started. I think the best thing you can do is to not go gangbusters, staying up late, partying, maybe drinking, anything along those lines. Because I've noticed the first night of travel is always kind of a questionable night of sleep with little ones. Like they've kind of got to adjust to their new surroundings. So, yeah. So I'd say do not go gangbusters with alcohol straight out of the gate. Um, (laughs) What a great tip, Graham. Isn't that a great tip? No, because because what happens is don't go on vacation and get super drunk. (laughs) But then, you know, you feel like the next day you're like, oh, I'm dragging because the kids have been up three times in the night, you know, because things weren't as perfect as they usually are at home. Like the noises were different, whatever. The first night of vacation sleep is always the worst night of vacation sleep. So you got to plan for that. You got to just like gun through it. The second thing I think is to remember that a kid's favorite part of vacation is always going to be like the hotel swimming pool or Cohen's favorite part about London when we went was taking an Uber or it's going to be ordering room service. And I think a lot of times we're one of those we're maybe along the lines of, well, let's not do that. There's so much to see. There's so many fun things, but I think it's really important to let kids, you know, swim in the hotel swimming pool for a long period of time. They do. I mean, those are some, aren't those some of your favorite memories traveling when you were little? Oh, you know, I don't even remember where we went on vacation, but can I tell you the best thing about every vacation? Okay. Finding that little ice machine. Yes, I remember the ice machine and the ice bucket. You're totally right. That is the stuff that kids like. Like, Okay, but here's my question. I feel like whenever we check into a hotel, my parents would like go straight for the ice maker. And it wasn't like we always had to have a bucket full of ice. But what were they using it for? (laughs) Like, I I distinctly remember that as well. But do you remember that too? Like it was like one of the first things you did the same way you'd like open your windows in the morning when you woke up, you know, pull back the shade. Like what were we icing? I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe it was the milk so they didn't have to buy $15 cups of milk. I mean, I well, don't so know. So that leads me to my next travel tip. I call it either the uh the cash wad technique or the Sultan of Brunei technique, which is what my dad used to do when we would first go to a hotel, which is completely inappropriate, but I think it actually was very helpful. You get a whole stack of dollar bills or $5 bills. And basically the moment you walk into a hotel, you just start like handing them out to anyone who will stand still long enough to take it. And then you can pull back. You never have to give money after that for the most part. This is going to make me sound terrible. But the truth is, is that everyone thinks like you were just some like big dog who's walked into the hotel 
and it's slightly Pavlovian. They never know like if it's coming again, if there's more things. So people are so much more apt to help you and your crying children um, with anything you need. I can just see you walking through a hotel lobby. Singles for everyone. Get, get me some ice buckets. I mean, I mean, that's really what it was. Like, I distinctly remember my dad, like, walking Actually, through the Actually, I hotel. can totally see your dad doing that. That might not be a trick. Don't get drunk the first night. Uh, <laughs> With his ice bucket. Okay, I have another tip, though. Um, this is one reason I pay my annual fund dues to my college. When I travel, and this gets back to what you were saying, like, are we doing a relaxing vacation? Are we doing a teaching vacation? I think it's very important to make time with your spouse when you're traveling with your children. And I think the best way we do that is trying to find babysitters. And I think a lot of people struggle with like, should we hire a hotel babysitter? We don't know these people. Or sometimes these babysitters are charging an absolute fortune. And I'd say we've had tremendous luck by asking, sometimes like we'll ask our babysitters here in town if they have any friends who live in other cities. And nine times out of 10, we find someone who's really, really good who will come to our hotel room and babysit so that we can go out for a night. Or what we'll do is we'll look at like the college kind of alumni database. We went to a small college, so it's easier to do that, I guess, than if you went to a big state school. But if you have any friends who live in other cities, sometimes they're good to reach out to in advance. And we've really, I mean, we found babysitters in cities, surprising cities. You would never think, you know, there's some sort of connection. So I think getting a babysitter is really crucial. Really? See, I don't know if I can even enjoy it. Like we brought our kids to a wedding once and we had to leave them with the babysitter in a hotel room and the whole time I'm just like what are they doing with this babysitter in the hotel room but yeah but oh you well. let the babysitter take them around the hotel didn't you I mean go for dinner and no they just had to stay in the room I didn't want them getting kidnapped oh my gosh well that's that actually kind I of... saw some crazy person in the lobby handing out singles and asking for ice and I was like well, you stay that... locked in the room it actually rem- reminds me of the time we were in Portugal. My dad was a banker, um, and so we would we would travel abroad because this bank was actually like a European-based bank. And so I remember we were in Portugal, and like this was in the willy-nilly eighties. I mean, long before anyone cared about child abduction as much as they should today. And I remember my dad like really needed a babysitter for us in a pinch. And he saw somebody rolling a housekeeper <laughs> cart down, down the thing. And he asked the housekeeping, um, the housekeeper, if she would babysit me and my brother for the night. And I mean, I must've been eight and my brother was four. And she said, yes, it was okay if we came along with her, as long as we'd help her in the rooms. <laughs> so <laughs> my brother and I spent the entire night going from room to room, helping the lady clean the rooms. <laughs> And then, gosh, had, think how much easier it would have been to be a parent in the 80s. Here, children, I know. you're the hotel housekeeping staff in a country where you don't speak the language. How well, fun. We're and the best thing was to go so badly. That the, next, the next thing, right, that they didn't plan advance for it. The next morning, we saw this sweet woman, like, rustling around the hotel in the morning, like, working or doing whatever she was doing. And she mentioned that, like, she had a horse at her house, or maybe it was a donkey or a mule. And my dad was like, oh, horseback riding. That sounds great. So he said, why don't you take the kids back to your house? (laughs) So I remember loading up in the back of her car and just going out to her house and like riding the donkey around for a few hours. (laughs) Guys, it's a miracle that Graham is here today. Long and short. Get a babysitter, though. It's really fun. And that's a sweet memory. Like, I actually really enjoyed that lady. And we got to see the presidential suite at the hotel. And that was kind of fun. I mean... (laughs) 
It was a real treat. Oh my gosh, I love your dad. Okay, um, can we talk about something that is stressing me out? Um, we have not. What? Okay, first of all, I you know I don't love to travel. Um, is it okay to just never bring your kids to Disneyland ever and just say we just forgot to do that with you guys? Well, I have no I s- desire to go. It looks awful. Like, it just looks like you just pay money to stand in line. No, everyone who goes says they have fun. And you know that I went on a Disney cruise once, and it was the and greatest. And you loved it. We can, you loved I, it. Why are you turning your nose up at Disney World? It's a there magical any kingdom. lines at Disneyland. Like, Disney, a Disney cruise is two-thirds of the boat or one-third of the boat is just for grown-ups. Like, it's just Disneyland that you drop off. It's drop-off Disneyland. It was Well, amazing. here's where I think here's where I think you are confused about Disney World or Disneyland. Explain. If Disney is smart enough to make a fantastic boat that people go on and have so much fun and adults have a good time, do you really think they haven't figured out the magical equation for entertaining parents and keeping people happy at Disney World? You're going to go and you're going to have a good time. The only thing I do think you do need to know is you don't need to fall into the Disney trap that you have to have a planner. It has to be so far done in advance. I know we took the kids where I took um, the oldest child a couple years ago, and it was cake. I mean, complete cake. That app that they have for scheduling trips or for scheduling rides is incredibly easy. You don't need someone to plug in the rides for you on your own. I mean, you can navigate that app um, on your own. And also, I would say it's not 100% necessary to stay in the kingdom. I've never really seen the benefit of that. We stayed outside again of, you know, the magical kingdom and it was great. We just drove our car up to the entrance, parked our car, took a little bus. I mean, I think the whole thing was we were in in under 20 minutes. So you didn't stay. Okay. So I know. And we are going to do Disneyland. I mean, we live like five hours from it. I need to do it. But it just, I don't know why I'm so scared of it. I just feel like it's... Well, because it's because people people plan so far in advance and, you know, put so much into it. And it is. It's a big trip. It can be an expensive trip. But all I'm saying is it was not a particularly expensive trip the way we did it. I mean, we just stayed outside the, you know, stayed outside. We packed our own snacks and we, you know, brought things in. And when, you know, when we needed stuff, we bought it, but I didn't find anything to be astronomically expensive. And we didn't buy a ton of souvenirs and just went to the Magical Kingdom. you didn't stay in... You didn't stay at the Disneyland hotels because that's the crazy thing. It's like if you're going on a vacation to stay at that resort, like that's the only reason Then I get staying at a great resort. But like I'm just I looked at these hotel rooms and they didn't look like anything amazing. Yet they were like a fraction. And I just thought, gosh, am I really going to be even in my hotel room or am I going to be? Um, right outside. And it is nice to have a good pool and all that. And I do understand uh, the concept of, you know, well, kids get tired in the day. So let's go back and we can swim and cool off. But my kids again, don't get tired. Right. My kids are not at the age of getting tired anymore. And now they my have such great strollers. Get tired. Yeah. Little babies that are need to can sleep in the stroller and there's lots of places to cool off. I just it's just not as tricky as people make it seem i think you know it's one of those things have you ever seen where like everybody's standing in one line for something and then you just kind of look around the line and you realize like why is everyone standing in line for this i think yes. i don't know i think there's kind of like a common sense game with disney world where um it just doesn't need to be as astronomical as many people make it it can be a very simple experience uh well it's not on our summer list this year but um 
Yeah, I know. We probably need to go back. But I've enjoyed it every time I've gone. And I think that staying outside the kingdom is completely fine. Again, it's one of those, is it your destination to stay at a beautiful resort and to really live it up and to have the whole experience? And if if money isn't an object and it doesn't matter, then I think that's a great way to do it. But I also think that it can be done very simply and very nicely. Okay. Okay. You're, you're, you're warming me up to Disneyland. Okay. We're going to do it. Not this year, <laughs> but someday. Great. Keep me accountable. <laughs> Unless if my kids won't. But, but anyhow. Um, okay. One last thing I want to talk about on, on vacations is the idea of like a little kitchen. Yes, that is crucial. You mean having access to a kitchen for kids? Well, I'm just torn on this because we've we've been getting to go to this um, this timeshare condo for a couple of years now, um, and it's a it has a kitchen. And you know, traveling with kids, man, it is so nice to like be able to cook a little bit in your house, um, you know, and not have to do three kids meals a day and just keep mm-hmm. buying macaroni and cheese that my kids aren't going to eat anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But on the other hand. I feel like, you know, I spend a lot of time doing dishes and cooking on my vacation. Right. And it doesn't feel as much like a vacation. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like, I think, well, these days I think a kitchen is crucial. If you have young children and you're a parent, you kind of need a little area to store drinks and snacks. And I mean, we know that we keep them in our car. Why wouldn't we keep them in a hotel room? But I found, you know, you can easily clean out a mini bar and just stick some stuff in there and go to the supermarket, wherever you go to and just you know, stock up on a few things. As far as having a full kitchen, I find myself like I'll kind of jot out like a little menu in advance. I think that's one of my good tips for traveling is plan out your menu and just make it really, really simple. Like for me, whenever I get overwhelmed with like, okay, what am I going to cook for dinner on vacation? I'll just put gourmet in front of anything that I'm, you know, cooking. It could be anything. Gourmet pizza, gourmet gourmet hamburgers, gourmet hot dogs, just, you know, just a little bit fancier than normal. Maybe not even, to be honest, just hot dogs and potato chips and watermelon slices that's a fine dinner um those have been some of our best dinners i guess mom's just not getting a vacation but that's okay at least you're in a different place (laughs) anyhow okay well graham you know i could talk about travel for a really long time but um i think we're about out of time and we still have to leave some time for our exciting new home segment that we're going to be featuring on all of our episodes where we don't have a guest on um i have a very good friend who is going through a full house renovation. She has moved out. Um, They are gutting this thing. And she has agreed to take us on this little, this journey with her. I shouldn't say little journey because I think she's got quite a journey in front of her. She's got three kiddos. She's a working mom. Um, So this is a big deal that they are tearing apart their house. And she's going to be checking in with us. That's great that she's decided to share that with us. So where is she living right now? Uh, right now, she is living in, um, well, we'll talk about that on the show. She's living in a, another property that they owned and had as a rental, and okay. so they've moved back into it. Um, and it's actually uh, the house that she had her babies in, so it's sort of, I, I we'll find out if that's sweet to be back, although it's a two-bedroom house, and they're, they've got three kiddos. So um, so we'll find out all about how she's doing with, uh, with the, the, the new space and how she's doing with all the decisions of her own model and... Um, oh, this will be great for our best. Well, let's say welcome, Jen. All right. Okay. Hi. We are here now with my good friend, Jen, who is being gracious enough to walk us through her actual remodel. Jen, you're here to tell us what we don't see on the reality shows, what we don't see on Pinterest. 
the truth about living through a model with three small children. Correct. So you see what you see on those shows is a half hour episode of the before, middle and after. But that typically equates to maybe a year, and in our case, six years. <laughs> okay, okay, let's, let's back up here. You have a house that's an older home. Correct. Uh, how old is that house? Well, I mean, older I w- for Phoenix. I, I was going to say Phoenix. It was built in 1968. But it hasn't really been updated. No, it's it, it was circa 1968. I mean, the only thing that's been updated or had been updated until this point was things that had broken. For example, the oven or a refrigerator or an appliance. But that was it. You had the guest bathroom, didn't have running water. Yeah, so... You had cabinets we, falling off the... So the problem, which t- what took us so long... And I think lots of people go through this this challenge is the bathroom in the the guest bathroom had a leak and the leak was so bad that we had a plumber come over and he said he would fix he couldn't fix it because the sink was so old that we had to get a new one. And we said, well, why would we spend the money on a new one if we don't think this is exactly where the guest bathroom is ultimately going to be? So we just had him shut off the water. Right. But everything became like that. Like yeah. the counter, the cabinets were falling off. We'll just take off the hinge off of it because we don't want these cabinets, but it becomes a domino effect. And I think everyone faces that challenge. Well, let's redo the kitchen. Okay, well, if we do the kitchen, then we have to do the flooring. And if we do the flooring, then we have to do this. And then it became such a big project for us that it scared us. And then it was all about cost. And But we wanted to wait because we wanted to do it right. Right. And so, yeah, for you, I mean, everybody's got a different scale of it. But I, I understand that, like, not wanting to put a little bit of money into a project. If you know, really, we really want to do the big one. or Right. Yeah. And it's hard to live through that. And it's hard to be patient. And it's hard to know that the tortoise and the hare mentality that in the long run we're going to get exactly what we want within our budget <laughs> right well everyone lives like, I mean, in the real world yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so that's that's the challenge because you see all this stuff on pinterest or all of those shows and you think yeah that's exactly what i want and of course inevitably no matter what i want the thing that's more expensive well, yes, that is that is the way the brain works. Huh? Yes. We're like shiny things. As when I met with the window guy, he's like, you know, your eyes are going to tell you what you like. And I'm like, my eyes tell me I like expensive. And I'm sure everyone feels the same way. That's why it's I more. I know. Nobody so. is like, look at my very responsible purchase. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I understand. But, but you guys have been patient and that's awesome. So the, let's talk about the scope of your project. Um, you, um, this is not like we're painting a bathroom. This is like a, a gut, do we call this? Yeah, I would say say it was it's a gut remodel um we were we are keeping the footprint of our home but we are changing the layout not significantly i mean we're knocking down walls to open up bigger areas we are reworking i mean for example one thing that we're doing is you used to walk in from the garage into a playroom and then into a laundry room and turn the corner and have to go to the kitchen mm-hmm. and in most homes or what what the right flow in my opinion should be is you walk in from a garage you have a mudroom or something like that and a laundry room and then you walk down a hall so you're and, moving things around to get a flow you like better right okay so how long are you telling this is going to take uh, we started last Tuesday, and this is a Thursday, so we're a week and a half into it. Our contractor says we're two weeks ahead of schedule. However, he says don't get too excited because down the road there might be some things that happen that we oh, just no, can't that, foresee. Oh, no, that never happens yeah, with no. your models. That'll <laughs> never happen. That's your, but you're right. You're going to be two weeks ahead the whole time. He, just kidding. He says six months. He 
I think can move quickly. However, in my mind, I've seen too many people. I've noticed and understood and witnessed other people doing remodels and know that if we could get in before Christmas, that would be a dream come true for me. And we started, what, June 1st? Okay, so you're so you're hoping for before Christmas. It's about six months. Okay, and um, that's about seven. We're almost out of time here, but I want to ask you one big question because you're a real you're a real person. You have three small children. You See, work it's smaller, smaller. They're medium sized children. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. She's she's a well. Hey, we're in Jen's office, and her phone just rang. You're a working mom whose phone rings. I mean, that's legit. You're doing this like right. as a real person mm-hmm. with a job and three kids right. and carpools and horseback riding yeah. lessons. Um, so. Right. I mean, how are you're not living in the house? What are you guys doing? So thankfully, I mean, we can go way back here and Kirsten has been along for the entire ride, but we bought a patio home several miles away from this in not at the height of the market, but close to the height. We moved out of that house and ended up renting it for the last six years when we moved into our this old house, shall we coin it? Um, And our renters moved out of that, that patio home. So it's like the stars aligned. Everything was meant to be because the house was vacant. So we moved back into the house that we left that was too small for us. But <laughs> it's actually fun. Our kids are five, seven, and nine. They think we're on vacation. And it's been like a journey and an experience. And it's fun to have them be a part of the process because every night we go and see the house and see what's happened. Or here's your room. Here's going to be the new bathroom, all that kind of stuff. So, that's so, so far, it's been really fun. Now we're getting to the, the part that's fun, stressful, and just a lot going on because now we're getting to a point where we have to order cabinets but in order to order the cabinets you have to know what appliances you have and what are your fixtures and this that and that well and your front door has a lead time of this and I don't want to be the delay of why we can't move in and so it's a lot a lot it should be fun but you don't want to make the wrong decision because I know that these decisions cost money and we don't have a plethora of money just to say well we don't like that let's just change it yeah, yeah, you can't, and and that slows things down a lot. And those are those are big mistakes you got to live with. Okay, so we're going to wrap up here, but I want to know what decisions are you going to be making this week? So when we check up with you next time, we'll know. Finalizing windows. We just did doors. Now we're finalizing windows, and next is um, fixtures, which I had no idea takes so much time, but they do. <laughs> Um, cabinets and fixtures are the focus. Isn't that funny too? Because you start noticing. Like I've never, you never like think about like doorknobs. No, that's you're just the, that's, you walk through life, you know, with very little attention paid to doorknobs, and then all of a sudden it's like every time you open the door, you're like, hmm. Well, look at that's, that doorknob. that's the hard part is that when you're pregnant, you go around town, you think, oh, everybody's pregnant. Everybody's just like pregnant. Me. You get a new car. Oh, everybody got that new car. So now I think about it and I contemplate doors. Doors were a big interior door. Who? And I think oh, to I was myself, supposed to send you pictures of doors. I forgot. I'll yeah, do that. I'll do that. Sorry. And um, <laughs> thank you. But it's funny because I contemplate all these small little decisions and then I step back in the real world and say, okay, whose house do I really like? Kirsten's. I really like the look, the feel. It's very welcoming and warm. What do her doors look like? Could not tell you. <laughs> nope. No idea. But I know I like the look and feel. So I need to put that in perspective too. And you know what? Here's the thing. 
I did agonize over doors and fixtures just like you are. And guess what? I'm not pregnant anymore. And I don't care about doors anymore. Exactly. So. It's like when I asked you about your roof yesterday. You're like, it works? Uh, it works. We don't have leaks? Yeah, I don't, I don't feel rain. I think we're good. Right. Yeah. So it is funny because you know, when you're in the middle of it, you really it becomes all obsessive. But anyhow, I know we do have listeners who love this kind of stuff. And we have listeners who are scared to remodel and want to remodel. And maybe you're going to remodel someday. So thanks for taking us okay, on this journey. And I would and just we'll say one last thing. If you're scared to remodel... There were so many reasons that I was concerned or scared, and I'm very conservative in terms of should we be doing this? Is this the right financial decision? But I think once you jump in, you just need to be confident in your your decisions. And what Kirsten has said to me before, just think of it this way. If you like it, then somebody else probably does too because I'm always thinking of the exit strategy. Like worst case scenario, if something happens, we can't afford our house, we have to downsize, we have to move, could we sell our house? And if you are confident in your decisions and you like what you do, probably somebody else does. So just be confident in it and and believe in what you're moving forward with and it should all work out. Good. Well, this is going to be fun to go on this journey with you. And we're going to have pictures up at our website, www.thehomehour.com, and maybe some on Instagram at The Home Hour. Um, so please check those out. And thank you, Jen. We'll be back with Jen next week and with another episode. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.